guys, it's me, Isabella Gomez, filling in for Smokey Bear because he's got more to say than just... Only you can prevent wildfires. Like, if you're outside enjoying a barbecue, don't let a hamburger distract you from fire safety. Make sure you aren't dumping your hot coals or ashes onto the ground because that could start a wildfire. So take wildfire prevention seriously and let's save the world one day at a time. Juntos con Smokey Bear, podemos hacerlo. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! Welcome in to the bottom of the fifth inning of the Sports Insanity Podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. <clears throat> I am Mike Griffin. I will take you through the week in sports. Solo today. Everyone's got plans. So, but let, let's have some fun. Talk a little baseball, talk some football, basketball, and I'm here, so I'm going to talk a little puck. Uh, we'll start in the world of ba- in baseball because of some breaking news. Mets first baseman Pete Alonzo goes on the injured list. It's bone bruise on his wrist. It's also sprained after getting hit by a pitch the other night in Atlanta. Uh, he's expected to miss three to four weeks. This could not come at a worse time for the New York Mets for a couple of reasons. One is they just got swept by the Atlanta Braves, um, and the and you know they're falling in the National League East. So this comes as their most I want to say most important player, but their most important hitter um, goes down. So. We'll see what the lineup does without Pete Alonso. And but it's it's time for some guys to step up here. And there are a couple of guys I could point to. I could point to Starling Marte. I could point to Marcana. I could point to Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez, who are gonna have to step up in the absence of Pete Alonso. I'm looking to one guy in particular, and it's not even Francisco Lindor, Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil needs to, I'm not saying become the power threat he was a couple of years ago when he hit, I think it was 26 home runs. But they need Jeff McNeil just to swing the bat better. He just has to hit. Because of me, this lineup now, the I'm not going to say the power's gone, but the biggest power source is gone. So what they're going to have to do to score runs Put balls in play, which they were really good at last year. They were really good at putting balls in play, running the bases. You know, Marte, Nimmo, guys like that are going to have to steal them a run. You know, steal a base here, steal a base there. And, you know, they're going to be aggre- got to be a little bit more aggressive on the base paths. This is what they're going to have to do over the next couple of weeks to survive. 
without their best hitter. Now, could they go out and get another hitter? Uh, what's the price tag? You know, we're we're not near the deadline. You know, we're we're June 9th. We're not. We're over a month away from the trade deadline still. So they really can't afford to go out and get something. And where are you going to put this bet? And I want want to go back to, to McNeil. Excuse me. Because there's another guy I would point to, but I've lost all faith in Daniel Vogelback. Um, I, I don't need to see him in the lineup. I don't want to see him in the lineup. Um, I don't care about his on-base percentage. I don't care about his walks. The guy's hitting two two thirteen. I I understand the approach has been we they need guys with high on base, you know, and, and you know you go from there. The Mets have enough guys with good on base percentages, whether it's Nimmo, uh, Canna. You know, they those guys can work the walks. I, I could care less. Th- this is where Billy Epler struck at for me over the winter. This team knew they needed another bat. And listen, I could I, I applaud them for the not doing the Correa deal because Correa has not had a good year. But there was nothing out there on the market that could have helped you. There's nothing, there was nothing out there that you thought, okay, that makes sense. Let's do it. Because I, even a, a guy you could plug in at DH to platoon with Vogelbeck just because the Darren Ruff thing was such a failure. And now it, it's Mark Vientos who, who has to do it, but you've done that sporadically to where I don't know where his confidence is. You know, so so they missed an opportunity to get that the big bat. And look, I, I get it. I, I, as Met fans, we've gotten spoiled over the fact of Steve Cohen isn't afraid to spend money. And he even said it during his introductory press conference where he wasn't going to spend like a drunken sailor, which is fine. But it's where and how you – it's where – and when you place your money on a certain player. I get it. Trey, a guy like Trey Turner would have been awesome. But where are you going to play him? Because you got Lindor locked up at shortstop. Trey Turner was on the record. He really didn't want to play second base. That's why he left the Dodgers. So you're going to put him in center field. Well, Brandon Nimmo's Nimmo resigned. So that, that puts a damper on that. The one spot would have probably been left field because if everyone wanted Beatty and Alvarez, they want to play, we want them to play. And look, Canna's been okay. Um, you know, he got to a slow start. He's kind of turned it around. Tommy Pham is hot right now, but in a week or so, he could turn ice cold again. This team missed an opportunity um, to get that big bet. So – And when you look at lineups in the National League East, and, and listen, the Marlins do it a little bit differently. The Nationals are in a rebuild. Not even a rebuild. They're in a retool because the Nationals have outperformed expectations, at least in my opinion. 
but look at the, the other two teams, the Braves and, and the Phillies. And we just saw the Braves for three days play the Mets. There's not an easy out in that lineup. You go Acuna, Olsen, Riley. John Murphy's been a great addition for them. Oh, by the way, Darno's his backup, so he's been awesome. Couldn't do any of that for the Mets, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, you know, Ozzy Albies is a great player. And then you get to the bottom of that lineup. It's Michael Harris is the reigning rookie of the year. Oh, and Orlando Arcia, who turned into – who was Dansby Swanson this week? I mean, he crushed the Mets this week. You know, so there's not an easy out in that line. Go to Philly. Where's the easy out? You got Bryson Stott, Harper, Turner, Real Muto, Castellanos. I get it. They haven't all hit this year. But those that's a lineup construction. With the Mets, if you're going with Nimmo, I actually like Alvarez in the two holes, so I'm not against that. So if you're going Nimmo, Alvarez, McNeil, Lindor, and then it's a cluster of what? Because I don't know what I'm going to get out of Canna, Marte. You know, even Beatty. I'm not knocking Beatty because he's a young kid. But he's going to go through his ups and downs. Alvarez is going to go through his ups and downs. It's mainly been up for that guy. But you need to figure that out, the lineup. that The lineup needs a bat. Now I'm going to go back to the series in Atlanta. Tuesday night was a hard one. The, the whole series was a hard one. The first time in franchise history, the Mets lost three straight games where they had a three-plus run lead. Tuesday was a tough one. Carlos Carrasco probably shouldn't have come back out because you know what you're going to get out of Carrasco. If he gives you five solid, you take it every time because he's just not that trustworthy. Then come the big boys. You got Scherzer, you got Verlander. Max Scherzer, in a four-to-one game, you have to hold it. You got to hold that lead. And listen, I I hate harping on Scherzer and Verlander because everyone else is going to do it. And they're both future Hall of Famers, and they're both legends in my book. They got Scherzer's got to hold a four to one lead. He's got to be able to do it. Last night, Thursday night, Justin Verlander had nothing, and, and, and it showed. And it's hard. It was a hard thing to watch because that bullpen, where there was there's one reliable arm. And he blew the game in last night in David Robertson. The rest of that bullpen is terrible. Whether it's been over usage because the starters don't go deep into games or whether they're just not good. You know, it, it, it's frustrating because when one thing goes right, something else goes south. That's the Mets. Everything is going wrong. But Met fans, you're not going to want to hear this, but I'm going to be positive because that's who I am. I said it before. It's June 9th. The season is not over. Look at what the Phillies did last year. All you have to do is 
get to October. And if you get to October, you got a chance. The Phillies did it last year. Why not the Mets? Why not? Now there's one last thing, and then I'll break off the Mets for, for, for this podcast. There's two, two things. After the game last night, Buck Showalter said he was proud of his guys. I guess for fighting and scoring 10 runs. But you can't say you're proud of a team that just got swept. By the way, the, that same team's lost six in a row. And I'm not saying this so Buck and everyone else can, can go off. I want a little fire out of Buck. I want to fire. I, I don't want to fire him. I want fire inside of him to, to, to go. Like, 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 it's time. This team is too talented. It's too good for it to be this bad. So Buck's comments to me were, were just stupid. Don't say it. Don't say you're proud. You're proud of a team that got swept. Who else is proud that they got swept? Now this is, this is where I'm going to go. This team has changed. This team last year had a mindset. We are not down. We are, you know, we could get a gut-wrenching loss, but we'll rebound. We'll bounce back. That was last year, up until the series in Atlanta in September that led Atlanta to winning the division. This team fears the Braves. This team, remember when Yankee fans chanted Pedro Martinez, who's your daddy? The Braves are the Mets' daddy. And until the Mets go out there and beat the Braves in an important series, I'm not saying the last series of the year between the two teams when the Mets are, you know, 12 games out and not going to make the playoffs, and they win two out of three because the Braves are playing backups. No, the Mets need to beat the Braves in an important series because it is a mindset that the Braves just are better. They're flat out better. And now listen, if you listen to Batter Up right here on the network, I picked the Braves to win the division, and I'm going to always stand by that until the Mets prove they could beat them. The nature boy, Ric Flair, has a saying, to be the man, you have to beat the man. Well, the Braves are the man in the National League East, and the Mets have to go out there and beat them. Otherwise, what are we doing? But again, I'm going to reiterate this. It is June 9th. The season is not over, despite what a lot of people are saying. A lot of people are saying they're dead, they're buried, they're done, it's over. It's June 9th. It is not September 9th. It is June. Now, if the Mets go out there and lose two out of three here this weekend to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then they get bone crushed by the Yankees next week during the Subway Series, then maybe it is over. I don't know. I'll I'll revisit that. I also want to say this on the Subway Series. I hate these two-game series with the Yankees. Can we go back to the three-game weekend series? 
those were, it was fun. It was exciting. I don't care for a Tuesday, Wednesday game against the Yankees. The weekend, it brings the passion out. And everyone, forget the Tuesday, Wednesday. Give me a weekend Subway series. Three games, not the two, three. All right, so Pete Alonzo lands on the injured list, so he won't be in the Subway series. Neither will Aaron Judge, who's out with a toe injury after making that incredible catch against the Dodgers. Uh, we have not heard a time frame on when he'll be back. Uh, but the Yankees, they'll play the Red Sox this weekend before they play the Mets in the Subway series. You know, so so there's that. Nestor Cortez had an interesting quote. I believe it was to Chris Rose that Red Sox-Yankees isn't the rivalry it used to be. And he's kind of right. Red Sox-Yankees isn't the same rivalry it used to be. Uh, it was better early 2000s, late 90s, when these two teams were really good. Um, you, you know, the Don Zimmer, Pedro Martinez, Jason Veritek, and A-Rod. Yankee fans are going to hate this one. The 4 ALCS. Listen, I thought it was awesome. Whenever you see history being made, it's awesome. So uh, they'll play this weekend. Red Sox, Yankees, not the rivalry it used to be. But don't tell that to the major networks because the next two weeks, that's going to be the Fox Saturday game, and it's going to be Sunday Night Baseball and ESPN because, God forbid, those networks show something else. Then we can, you know, you know, broaden the game a bit. But who am I? On to the NFL. Uh, the Vikings released running back Dalvin Cook finally after figuring out they could not make a trade. Um, I don't believe Cook is yet to sign, but he was eligible to sign with a team as of 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, he, here's the reports are saying there are multiple teams uh, in there. The Broncos and the Dolphins seem to be the front runner. And there's one thing I will say on this. Chris Greer, Stephen Ross, and Mike McDaniel. Do it. Do it. Dalvin Cook is one of two running backs in the NFL with over 1,000 yards last four years, the other one being Nick Chubb. I get it. You have a running back room you like with Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Devin A. Shane, who, who was drafted this year, Miles, Gall Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ackman. Dalvin Cook is a game changer. Think of this offense with Dalvin Cook, Tyree Kill, and Jalen Waddell. It doesn't get faster than that. It doesn't. Open field, goodbye. This is a track team. And think about what McDaniel had in San Francisco. He had a plethora of running backs. You know, he, he likes this. You know, if you want to make Raheem Mostert the, the short yardage guy, I'm okay with that. If this means Miles Gaskin or Salvin Ahmed, you know, aren't coming back, I'm okay with that. Dalvin Cook would be a game changer on this offense. They have to run the ball more anyway. He also catches the ball screens. 
Dalvin Cook would be awesome in Miami. Denver, uh, you know, I get why, but I know Javante Williams is coming off the ACL, but, I mean, young guy still. And they brought in Samaji Piran. I've heard other teams, too, that I just didn't understand. Uh, Buffalo, I understood because his brother's there, but I don't think that's really – if I'm Buffalo, I'd rather sign DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I've heard Dallas, but Jerry Jones hasn't even closed the door on Zeke, so I'm not even going to say Dallas is an option. Plus, they franchise Tony Pollard. Um, you know, so Dallas I don't think is a real option. The Jets, but you got Brees Hall coming back. You got Michael Carter. I don't know about that one, uh, but listen, I, I get it. I said I, I come as bi- a biased Dolphins fan. I would love Dalvin Cook. I, I would. I'm not going to dispute that. But I also don't get this from the Vikings' point of view because coming coming into the year, the Vikings were the team to beat in the NFC North. Now they cut Adam Thielen, they cut Dalvin Cook, they cut a couple of other guys. Are the Vikings the team to beat? Right now, I don't think so. I, I, this is crazy, and things could change over the next couple of months. I might pick the Lions to win the NFC North this year. I love what the Lions are doing. And that is weird for me to say because I don't remember the last time I said I love what the Lions are doing. But they've got it going on. You know, the Packers, it's too early to tell on Jordan Love if that's going to work. And the Bears, I think the Bears are going to improve, but I'm not going to sit here and say they're winning the division. Um, so the Vikings cutting Dalvin Cook makes, to me, it makes no sense. Um, Madison will become the starter, but there's a lot of devaluation. The running back positions become devalued. I don't get it because if you look at teams, I guess Baltimore's the real one uh, who was very reliant on the run game but didn't hurt with Lamar because of Lamar's legs. But, you know, I get it. It's a pass-oriented league, but you need a a good running back. You know, you could go through great passing numbers, but – you can't run the ball. Pass rush city. So, um, yeah, kind of weird on the Vikings. Uh, other NFL news, DeAndre Hopkins is, visited, or is going to visit the Titans on Sunday. He's also going to visit New England. I, I've been on the record. I think there's only one team that makes sense here uh, for, for him to sign with. I still think it's Kansas City. Um, Tennessee makes no sense, especially if Ryan Tannehill's done after this year. Um, I just don't like Tennessee uh, as a don't love their roster. Uh, you know, they, they, I felt Tennessee's gotten lucky the last couple of years based on the division, where Houston's been terrible, Jacksonville's been terrible, Indianapolis can't get out of their own way, and so the Titans have taken real advantage of that. Now you look at them and go, well, the Jags roster is better. The Texans are getting better. 
the Colts are an ultimate wild card because I don't know what to expect out of the Colts. And Tennessee, we always want to put Tennessee up there with the class of the AFC, whether it's Buffalo, Kansas City, uh, Cincinnati, and they don't beat, you know, they can win those games in the regular season. They don't win those games in the playoffs. You know, they went to Buffalo last year, I think it was week two, and Buffalo stomped them. Cincinnati went in there. They didn't stomp them, but Cincinnati won that game. You know, the last big win they had, Tennessee, was probably against Baltimore. Or if you want to count the New England playoff game. like, But they're not a team I look at and go, Super Bowl team. I just don't think they're that good. They're not. It's not that they're not good. I think they've always benefited from a weak division. You know, so tell you, Vince, if you think I'm wrong, hit me up. Let me know. But uh, I'm, I'm not sold on the Titans. And that's why Hopkins shouldn't go there. He shouldn't go to New England because does he get along with Bill O'Brien? Like, like Bill O'Brien was the guy who traded him. So uh, I don't get the whole thing. If I'm him, I'm holding out hope I can go to Kansas City on a one-year. I don't care if it's about making money. But, like, if Kansas City's got $3 million to give me plus incentives, I'm taking it because I've got a chance to win. And if he goes out and balls out like DeAndre Hopkins can, guess what? You're putting yourself on the market again next year, and then you're going to get paid. I I think the Chiefs make way too much sense. Hey, if you want to go to Baltimore, I'm not opposed to that either. Hopkins and Odell Beckham? Okay. Maybe that leads to trading Rashad Bateman. I don't know. So, Hopkins, Dalvin Cook in the NFL. NBA, game four of the finals will be played tonight. Nuggets looking for a 3-1 series lead. Nicole, Jokic has been amazing. And and I think this playoff run has put him on the map. And and, and you're probably thinking, what does that mean, put him on the map? He's one of two MVPs. But nationally, I don't think he got the attention that he's getting now because – Denver would bow out in the first or second round. This is his stage. He's taking advantage of his stage. Jamal, him and Jamal Murray have been sensational in this series. Miami, you know, Jimmy Butler's good. You know, they need Jimmy Butler tonight. If Jimmy Butler has a big game and they win, awesome. They lose, Denver's not blowing a 3-1 lead. And then the people are going to come out and talk to Jimmy Butler. Is he a guy who could lead a team to a championship or not? I believe in Jimmy Butler. I do think he needs some help. You know, they have not shot the ball great in this series, so they, they need more of that. They need someone to come up big shooting the ball. Speaking of shooting the ball, one of the best point guards in the NBA who likes to shoot the ball, Damian Lillard, uh, according to multiple reports, he would accept a trade to the Miami Heat or the Brooklyn Nets. I got to tell you, not fond of that, Damien. You know, I'd love to see him at the Garden playing for the Knicks. If that's not going to happen, um, Miami makes some sense. Um, I'm going to presume that deal means 
hero and multiple ones. That would be my guess. Brooklyn, I'm guessing it would be the picks that they got for Kevin Durant. I don't know what players are going to go from Brooklyn, would go to from Brooklyn to Portland. I don't even want to ascertain the, the thought just because I don't know. But, I mean, the Knicks have picks. You know, I, there's players, too, depending on what Portland's asking price would be. Um, but, listen, if he's available, that would be something just to look into if you're the Knicks. Um, that that would really be something. Chris Paul was waived by Phoenix. Um I think Phoenix might re- bring him back. The, the one thing I, I want to say about Chris Paul, and I want him to win a ring in the worst way because he deserves one. I don't want him to do kind of what Carmelo did. And that was pony up to being a uh, random Laker guy. Also, if he winds up on the Lakers, a lot of people are going to be like, well, he could have had a ring sooner if you played him with Kobe. And until David Stern turned that deal down. But um, I want to see Chris Paul win. If it's in Phoenix, awesome. If it's not, maybe it's the Clippers. Reunite him with the Clippers. Him, Kawhi, and Paul George, that'd be pretty good. You know, that'd be a pretty fun team. So uh, Chris Paul, I'm not sure if this was mentioned on the podcast, so I'm going to mention it anyway in the NBA. Uh, Scott Perry will not have his contract renewed by the Knicks. And there's been a lot of talk of uh, World Wide West and all those guys who run the Knicks now. If you're the Knicks, explore the possibility of bringing in Bob Myers, who, who just left Golden State. If Bob Myers becomes the Knicks, a Knicks executive, let's not just call him the general manager, because who knows? Think of what that does for the Knicks. What Golden State did with staff Clay Draymond. The Knicks could figure some things out here. Because no one's going to mess with Bob Myers, because they know what he's capable of. And it might lead to more stars wanting to come to play for the Knicks. Bob Myers comes... Hey, Draymond Green's a free agent. Maybe Draymond Green becomes a Nick. They can use a guy with that kind of intensity. Man, going from Julius Randle and and R.J. Barrett to Draymond Green and Jalen Brunson. It's pretty good. Maybe, Maybe Clay, you know, if he wants to leave Golden State. I'm not saying those guys want to leave. I have a lot of respect for those guys because they've stayed in one place their whole career and they haven't uh, traveled around. But Bob Myers to the Knicks, make it happen. James Dolan and Worldwide West and Leon Rose and make it happen. Let's go, Bob Myers. I'm not sure if it will, but uh, hey, I've been wanting the Knicks to do something for a long time. They finally did some things in the plot. Showed some fight in the playoffs, so we'll wait and see on Bob Myers to the Knicks if that that makes any sense. Uh, on the puck, I'm here. I'm going to talk some puck. Uh, let's let's start with the cup cup final. 
Game three Thursday night, Panthers went three to two in overtime. Carter Verhage game winning goal. Uh, give Florida their props. Played well last night. Sergey Bobrovsky went back to the guy who was playing well against Toronto and Carolina. The one issue I have with Florida is they're still undisciplined. And they're taking a lot of stupid penalties. Vegas capitalized twice last night on Thursday night on the power play. And they had a power play early in overtime. And they had, you know, Florida's kill was really good in overtime. But you remain undisciplined like that. It's going to be a long series for Florida. Uh, you know, and listen, Vegas played well. They played well enough to win. They just didn't score on that power play. Listen, I like where Vegas is at up 2-1 going into game four. They got Florida's best punch. Vegas is going to improve, and they'll do their thing. I still like Vegas in six, maybe even seven, because who wouldn't love more hockey? But I still think Vegas is going to win the cup. Jonathan March or so has been excellent in this series. Has He scored a goal in each game. Scored a beautiful goal off of a great feed from Jack Eichel last uh, Thursday night. So, so there's that fun series so far. A lot of action. I like it. I like the physical play. I like the the skirmishes after the whistle. It's been a fun one. So, so that's where the Stanley Cup goes. Uh, so, some other things around the National Hockey League. Um, Still waiting on a coach for the Rangers to be named when that happens. Whether that'll be breakaway bandits news or not, we'll let you know. Uh, but but that stuff is go, going insane. We've had some interesting trades. We had a three-team trade done the other day. Ivan Provorov goes from Philly to Columbus. Uh, Philly gets a lot of young players and draft picks. The L.A. Kings were involved. They retained part of Provorov's salary. Uh, and then they re-signed Vladislav Garakov because of that. Uh, Columbus also is going to name Mike Babcock their next head coach. From a PR standpoint, Columbus is having a nightmare start to the offseason. From a hockey standpoint, okay, Ivan Provorov's top four defenseman. Mike Babcock was a good coach. Um, PR-wise, it's not good. Ivan Provorov, if you remember, uh, did not warm up with the Flyers during their Pride Night. He said it was um, against his religion. You know, apparently that angered a lot of his teammates. So, so I don't know how that's going to be welcomed. And Mike Babcock, uh, when he was in Toronto, was accused of bullying some players. I'm not sure how that plays out, but. From a PR standpoint, I'm not sure what Columbus is doing. Hockey standpoint, okay, it kind of makes sense, but it's not a good look. It's definitely not a good look. Philly, they said they were going to rebuild. This is just the beginning. They're not going to be done. L.A., they got what they wanted. They wanted to clear some space so they could re-up uh, Vladislav Garakov, plus go into some other dealings into the summer. But, um, you know, there are some other interesting tidbits going around, just really rumors stuff. 
round hockey with the cup going on. But listen, we're here to let you all know what's going on in the world of sports. So we're called the Sports Insanity Network. You can check out the website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. Blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. You can check out the YouTube SIN YouTube page for some other vlog stuff and batter up, which will be live Sunday morning. Myself, Danny Boy Reginald, and the old Ops guy will be on there. So that, that'll be Sunday. You can follow us on social at S Insanity Real. You can also find us on Facebook. Follow. Let us know. We got some stuff we're working on here at the network. Uh, until next time, have a great weekend, everyone. And we'll catch you next time. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here on the network and also find about the history of the Sports Insanity Network.